He said, to the extent I desire to move through you, you must allow me to cut on the leader's cut. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the leader's cut. So great to have you with us today. This is your first time, especially welcome to the leader's cut. And the reason we call it that is really simple, but but not easy. <laughs> uh, we, we try and make time on a weekly basis to come before the Lord and go down whatever path he wants to go down as far as topically uh, the topic is concerned. But we don't just come to listen. We come for divine surgery. That if there's an area in our flesh or of our flesh that's getting in the way of his spirit, we just ask, God, would you cut off that part of our flesh to make room for more of your spirit? So that's why we call it the leader's cut. Uh, God's people are a people of the cut, which means the leaders of God's people, whether you are in business, at home, in church, Wherever you are leading, people leading God's people should always be a people of the cut. So let's pray and we'll jump into uh, this incredibly important conversation that I want to have with you. God, thank you so much for being present and with us and not asking us to do things without setting aside oil for us to do it. I'm so grateful. If I would have had to try and pull off everything you've asked me to pull off to this point in my life without the oil of heaven, my life would have been miserable. And so I, I just take a moment, Lord, and I just say to you, I am so, so thankful for the oil. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would open up the windows of heaven. And as we travel down this path talking about the oil of heaven, I pray Holy Spirit, you would pour out the oil of heaven upon each one of them. I pray this would be a divine moment, a divine conversation as we share this holy moment together. Go wherever you want to go, Holy Spirit. We're here to follow you, not to listen to me. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you saw from the thumbnail, we're gonna talk about oil and, and essentially what that means is we're gonna talk about the anointing or the anointing of heaven, the oil of heaven. You'll hear me use those terms interchangeably. Uh, so let's, from the onset, let's talk about what, what is the anointing. So we're kind of on the same page and then I wanna walk you through uh, using scripture, three different passages that in my opinion, help us understand how essential the oil of heaven is to walk on the earth and to live out the call of God in our life. Here's my definition of anointing. I'm not saying this is the definition, but this is my definition of anointing. The divine enablement of heaven for a specific activity on the earth. The oil of heaven is the divine enablement to do something very specific a function, a behavior, an activity that God desires us to walk out on the earth. God desires to give each of us the oil of heaven to do things he asks us to do here on the earth. Okay, So 
Let's take a look at a couple of passages, starting with Leviticus chapter 8, verses 10, 11, and 12. This is uh, talking about Moses and the tabernacle, and we see Moses take oil, anointing oil, that had a very specific recipe that was very special and holy. Uh, we see him do some really specific and special things with the oil, starting in verse 10. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle, so he, he poured the oil on the tabernacle and on everything in it, making all of it holy. He sprinkled the oil on the altar seven times, number of completion, anointing it and all its utensils. There's oil everywhere. There's a phrase you'll hear me say all the time, and we're going to talk about it. Okay, There's oil everywhere in the tabernacle. This is the picture. As well as he anointed the wash basin and its stand, making them holy. Holy meaning altogether separate, different than everything else. Verse 12, then Moses poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head, anointing him and making him holy for his work. This is big right here. And this is the picture I want you to get. You and I need to be anointed with the oil of heaven for our work here on the earth. Now, let me connect this to the church. Psalm 133 is, is three verses, but it talks about the same oil of anointing that was poured over Aaron's head. And, and you may have, if you grew up in the church, you've probably heard this passage used to talk about the church, the capital C church. Psalm 133, verse 1. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers or the brethren live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil, okay, as precious. So harmony is very, very special and important as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head. It ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls in the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Get this picture, okay? God's helping us understand that it, it is a very special and precious thing. Yes, this passage is talking about harmony, but it's comparing you, the unity of the brethren and how special that is and how important that is in the house of the Lord with the oil of anointing that was poured out and over the house of the Lord. The same oil that was poured over Aaron's head that dripped all the way down to the hem of his garment. Here's what I personally believe. The church should be the oilest, oiliest place on the earth. And Christians should be the oiliest people on the planet. This will make more sense as we get into this, but I need you to remember that line right there. There better be oil in his house. This, this is why God had Moses pour out the oil, not just on Aaron to be consecrated to do the work as the first high priest. He poured it over all the utensils that would be used in the tabernacle, and he poured it all over the tabernacle. This is God's heart. There should be oil everywhere in the house of the Lord and on the children of God. Now, let me connect the oil of anointing to Jesus. If I connected it to the church, let's connect it to Jesus. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know, God, Father, 
anointed Jesus, the son of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power. So the father anointed the son. Why? The next sentence tells us. Then, or because of this anointing, Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And the oil of heaven was on him. The father anointed the son for his work. So here would be my question. If the work Jesus did on the earth required the anointing of heaven, then what on earth makes you or me think that I could ever pull off the call of God on my life here on the earth without the oil of heaven being poured over me in the same way it was poured over Jesus? This is crazy talk. Some of you are making your lives so much more difficult because you're trying to pull off a heavenly responsibility with an earthly strength. So let's talk about this, okay? I want to give you five things to help you understand the oil. And listen, if I were to put a kind of a, um, a subtext, a subtitle to the title of this episode, not being over, overly dramatic, but here's what my subtitle would be. This might be one of the most important things I'll ever teach you. No cap, as my kids would say. This might be one of the most important things I ever teach you. I feel like I've been in a 20-year process of learning about the oil of heaven. And so I want to give you everything I've got. Okay, I've wanted to teach this for so long. All right? So I'm going to give you five things. I want to try not to take two hours to do it. Okay? Here's the first thing. If, when we're going to talk about the oil and if we're going to understand the oil, we must understand, well, number one, there's power in the oil. A couple of things I, I want to show you about the power of the oil of heaven. First, the oil of heaven makes hard things on earth easier. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. This is when young David was anointed to be the second or the next king of Israel after Saul. Verse 13 of 1 Samuel 16. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed. He poured it over David's head. Okay, And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that moment on. So I want you to see this. When the oil of anointing was poured over David, the Holy Spirit came upon David. Earth's heavenly representative, the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit came upon David when the oil of anointing was poured over him. I remember when I came out here to Scottsdale and uh, I was, before I moved out here, I was trying to sit down with as many senior pastors that would sit down with me. And it became very obvious that there was a measure of pessimism about God being able to move in this city. And so I heard lots of things. I, I heard things like Preston. Now, they don't tithe here the way they tithe in Dallas, Texas. Preston, they don't read their Bible here the way they read their Bible in Dallas, Texas. I mean, I had a, a laundry list of things that senior pastors gave me, and I get it. Many of them had been plowing for decades, not just 
months. And so I, I felt the Lord had me in a process, you know, because when I, when I heard multiple senior pastors say, Preston, this is some of the hardest soil in the country. Here, here's what I realized God was teaching me through this. Because what they were saying is, hey, Preston, this is the desert, man. Not, not just physically, spiritually. This is the desert. And it doesn't rain in the desert. Here's one of the most gangster things that felt the Lord teach me by moving me out into a spiritual desert years ago. You don't need it to rain when God pours out the oil. Oh, God, let it rain. And I want it to rain spiritually. But you know what I learned? One of the most valuable resources on the earth in a dry and weary desert before it rains or until it rains is the oil of anointing that can only come from heaven and be poured upon God's man or woman. I don't need it to rain if he pours out the oil of heaven over me. But I never would have learned that if he wouldn't have sent me into a dry and weary spiritual desert. The oil makes hard things on earth easier, not easy, easier. Second, the oil of heaven brings more favor on the earth. This is, this is something that's just inherent. Proverbs talks about uh, a person's gift will make room for them. Well, here's something I've learned. Uh, yes, a person's gift will make room for them before the king. But you know what makes even more room for a person? The oil of heaven. The oil of anointing has always garnered me more favor than the gifts of Preston. Let me try and help you see this. To me, there are four levels of doing something. Level one, you do it poorly. Level two, you just do it. You Nike it, just doing it. Level three, doing it well. Level four, doing it dripping. And I will tell you, doing something well can get you into some pretty powerful and private rooms. But I will also tell you, in my opinion, nothing garners more favor on the earth than when you are doing something dripping in the oil of heaven. Again, so why would you ever do anything on the earth that you are not anointed with the oil of heaven to do? The oil of heaven brings favor on the earth. Here's the third thing that's powerful about the oil of anointing, the oil of heaven. The oil of heaven helps brighten dark places. Psalm 104 it is talking, I'll give you a little context, about some things God does. Verse 14, God causes the grass to grow for the cattle. That's how he cares for them. And vegetation for the service of man, that he may bring forth food from the earth. And wine that makes glad the heart of man. Oil to make his face, man's face, shine. I learned this as a youth pastor, um, and, and not for me. I learned it watching teenagers following after God who would go into some really dark schools and 
shine really bright lights. And it wasn't because they were the world's best evangelists. What I learned is they were operating under the anointing that God had given or set aside for them and them alone. And when you operate under the oil of heaven, there will always be a light shining on you on the earth. The oil makes a man's face shine. Here's another way to say it. The best advertisement for God in your dark workplace is a well-lit you. (laughs) That's all there is to it. A well-lit you. An oily-faced you. It's funny. My wife had me start months and months ago. You can probably tell. I don't have it on today, but whenever I film, you can always tell when I put a lot of her face stuff on my face. She's trying to get me to put it on more and more, especially with 4K video now. Uh, and, And so like, there's all this stuff that she puts on her face and she wants me to put on mine. And here's one of the things I learned. You can always tell when I have that oil on my face. Always. Like I went to film in Dallas at a television station and uh, I had all that stuff on my face. And she literally, she commented on it. She said, wow, your face is really oily. I said, yeah, on purpose. I, I put all that on there. And she starts dabbing it and covering it up because okay, it was going to go on TV. Why? Because the lights were going to bring a shine, a sheen to my face. Now, practically, it may not be the most valuable or beneficial thing, but spiritually, spiritually, when a person's face shines because the oil of heaven has been poured over it, I'm telling you right now, when heaven's oil is poured on you, don't ever be surprised when lights on the earth are shined on you. And here's why. Because it's going to bring God more glory. Anytime you faithfully steward the oil of heaven on the earth, it always brings more glory to God in heaven. Here's the second thing. If we're going to understand the oil of anointing, the oil of heaven, there's oil for you to be you. So I want to take a very, uh, not just practical turn here. I want to take a very specific turn and talk about you. Okay. So I've, I've connected the, the oil of anointing to the church. I've connected the oil of anointing to Jesus. Uh, now I want to connect it to you specifically. Okay. There's oil for you to be you. Now I'm not talking about, well, I'm, I'm, that's just the way I am you. I'm talking about the you God created you to be. There is oil for you to be the you God created you to be. One of the things, uh, and I know this specifically doesn't apply to everyone, but the principle does. Uh, one of the things that uh, I see from time to time with young preachers is one of the types that, I, uh, that God's asked me to mentor, young preachers. And one of the things I see from time to time with young preachers is they mimic famous preachers. They, they kind of pretend to be them. They hold the, the mic the same way. They, they enunciate the same way. They, they you know, go up and down on the roller coaster of tonality the same way. They use the same repetitive words that the famous preacher uses. 
And listen, and, and I did it too. Robert called me out on it when I was 21 uh, too. So I'm not taking shots at anybody. Um, and I'm not going to walk through the why we do that. I just, I just want you to see part of the why is we don't understand the anointing God's given us access to to be who he made us to be. Pastor Robert was the one that helped me with this. He called me out on it. He said, Preston, when I watch your sermons, all I see is, and he named a famous preacher, and he was totally right. It's who I was mimicking. And he said, here's the problem. I don't see you. What was Robert doing? He was helping me find me. Why? Because that's where the oil is. This is who taught me this. There's oil for Robert to be Robert, but there is no oil for Preston to be Robert. Robert even said to me at that lunch that day, he goes, Preston, I'm not trying to get you to be me. I'm trying to help you become Preston because that's where the oil is. Now, sometimes the reason we imitate a hero or a mentor is because we, by the lie, that the only way to experience intimacy is imitation. Here's what I would say. Uh, no doubt, there are some things that, that I do the way I do it because Pastor Robert taught me to do it. But I'm not imitating him in the sense that I'm, I'm copying him. When Paul says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ, follow me just as I follow Christ. This, this is, I, these things that I do that Pastor Robert has always done, I do because it's principle, not just personal. See, imitation of a human a mentor is personal more than it is principle and only an orphan sacrifices the oil of heaven just to get some affirmation on the earth don't do it don't do it if you have to do something that's out from under the oil of heaven that god's established and set aside for your life just to get affirmation from someone you look up to, don't do it. It's not worth it. I want to show you uh, scripturally this principle of there being oil for you to be and do the you God created you to be. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Listen to what God says to Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah, before I ever formed you in your mother's womb, I need you to know something. I knew you. Before you were born, I need you to know something. I did something with you. Here's what I did. I sanctified you and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. What was the process of ordination in the tabernacle? That's how I started this whole thing. The oil of anointing. It was the oil of consecration. God says, listen, Jeremiah, I am the one who made you this way in your mother's womb. I specifically handcrafted you to do very specific things on the earth and in your mother's womb. Just so you know, as I formed you for doing it, I also anointed you for it. Here's another way to say it. When God creates 
you. He always sets aside oil to be you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I've made mistakes in my past trying to imitate people. And I will tell you, uh, it doesn't bring the results. And it, it cannot bring the results that only the oil of heaven can. So don't. There is oil for you to be you. This is why you hear me talk about self-awareness. This is why you hear me talk about knowing your identity in Christ. And I don't just mean our identity in Christ. I mean yours. Have you had your Jeremiah 1 verse 5 moment where the God of the universe, you feel, speaks to your heart and says, I formed you. Before I formed you, I knew you. But while I was forming you, I specifically formed you for specific things and I anointed you to steward those specific things. I set aside oil, the oil of heaven, for you to do what I will only divinely enable you to do. And that is to be you. Have you had that moment? I have. And I believe you must. So a little homework. If you haven't had that moment yet, start chasing after the Lord in the depths of the secret place a little bit more than you have in the past. I'm not telling you that will be the reward, but when you seek him, and part of what you're asking him to reveal is, who am I? Who did you form me to be? Who did you fashion me to be? Because I can't live under the oil to be me if I don't know how and why you created me. If you haven't had your Jeremiah 1-5 moment, start looking for it. Here's the third thing. If we're going to understand the oil of anointing, the oil of heaven, here's what we have to remember. There's oil for you to be there. I put it in quotes. I got to be careful with this one because... Far too many Christians are obsessed with their there. And let me just, so that you know, kind of the angle I come from on the whole there thing. And yes, I get it. My there is Scottsdale. And I talk about it and I have since I was 18. I totally get that. All right. But I'm just telling you, being in this line of work for the last nearly two and a half decades, I have learned up front, close and personal, that far too many Christians are obsessed with their there. Not where they are, they're there. Here's the angle I come, come at this. Who cares where there is as long as there's oil for me to be there? Let me say it like this. If there's no oil there, you couldn't pay me a billion dollars to go there. I, I remember learning this when I first moved to Scottsdale. I remember my story. When I was 18, I felt the Lord say, Preston, you're going to die here. After giving the greater half of your life to me, sacrificing for me and these people. I was 18. So when I got here 11 years ago, it was hard. Not, I, I don't hide that. It was really, really hard. But there are some really specific things I learned. Let me give you an example. 
So I was preaching here uh, when we first started to about 75 people every week. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm not saying this to, you know, uh, I'm definitely not bragging, but I'm just trying to give context on something. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to lie. In my opinion, some of the best messages I've ever preached in my whole career, I preached the first year and a half of our church. Wow. No one, very few people were listening. The earth would say, the world would say no one. Some of the best messages I've ever preached in my career came when very few people were listening. And then Pastor Robert would fly me back to South Lake and every once in a while have me preach in South Lake in his pulpit. And at the time, I mean, it, it was over 30,000 on the way to 40,000 and beyond. And so you would think like it's, it's easier to have more oil when more people are in the room. I would say that's not how heavenly math works at all. Okay. And I learned it. If, and you can go back and watch, go back 10 years. If, I'm talking to the, really just the young me, go back 10 years and watch some of my messages that I preached in Pastor Robert's pulpit. Uh, like there was one on Matthew that I specifically remember. Uh, and, and I remember here, I was under so much oil when I was preaching to less than a hundred people. And then I would go there and I'd been on a hot streak. Like I, I'm, I, I felt like I'm spiritually killing it. Then I, I would go there, stand in his pulpit and I would feel even less oil for far more people, but I didn't understand why. Well, it became obvious over the years. As hard as Scottsdale was in those first two years for me, I learned there was more oil here than for me any other place in the world. There's more oil for me in Scottsdale. I believe this with all my heart than there is for me any other place in the world. Why? Because here is my there. And there's always oil for a there, for your there. Another way to say it, the creator always creates a place for the person he creates. Genesis chapter two, verses seven and eight. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden those words are so powerful to me. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. What does that mean? Verse 8 is telling us God didn't just form the man. God, after he formed the man, personally planted his person's place. God, God formed his best friend, his new best friend. And he had the two best friends. The father had the two best friends that ever would be the son and Holy Spirit in perfect union, perfect love, perfectly loving and being perfectly loved. And God forms man, the new best friend, but he doesn't just form man and give him life. He then personally plants 
his favorite new person's favorite place. His place was the garden. Place is really important to God. One of my friends, Daniel Grothy, wrote a book on the power of place. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's fantastic. Place matters to God. And there is a specific there for you. Now, please, when I say that, don't start getting obsessed with your there. All right? Please don't. That, that's not why God tells us there. Here's, here's how you know. The there isn't the most important thing. This is why, in my opinion, the first time God calls anyone anywhere, Abram, Genesis 12, God says, go to the there where I tell you. I'll tell you when you're there that you're there. <laughs> but he doesn't tell him where there is. Now watch, Exodus chapter 23 God says to Moses, okay, talking about a place, I'm going to show you how special place is to God. God's talking to, to Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus 23, verse 20. He says, behold, I send an angel before you, before Moses and God's people in the wilderness to keep you in the way and to bring you into the there which I have prepared, the place which I've prepared for you. If the place, and more specifically, if your place were not important to God, he wouldn't prepare it for you. How about when Jesus says, hey, heads up, in my father's house, there are many mansions. In my father's mansion, there are many rooms, okay? This house, many mansions, however you want to, however you learned it, but many rooms. Then he says, if it were not so, I would not go to prepare a place for you. Place is important to God, but man cannot occupy his God-prepared place without operating with his God-given oil. Sister, daughter of God Most High, woman cannot occupy her God-prepared place without operating with and under her God-given oil, anointing. Let me say this one more time, especially for the younger ones. Who cares where there is as long as there's oil there to pull it all off? Who cares? I don't care if it's Scottsdale or El Paso. As long as there's oil for me there, there is somewhere I want to be. Because there is somewhere I will bring more glory to God. So here's my question for you. Where is the place where God gives you access to the greatest measure of heaven's oil? In this season of your life, where is there? Do you know? Is it serving in the children's ministry of your church? Well, Preston, I, I, I mean, I'm not called to that kind of stuff. I didn't ask you if you were called to it. I asked you if in this season of your life, if it might not be the most anointed there, 
God's fashion for you in this season? Where is your there? Where God grants you a measure of access to the oil of heaven that is beyond anywhere else where you stand. There's always oil for your God designated there. Here's the fourth thing. If we're going to understand the oil of heaven, the oil of anointing, we have to understand there's oil for you to do this. So there's oil for you to do you. There's oil for you to be there. And there's oil for you to do this. Nobody, in my opinion, teaches us this better than Jesus. Luke chapter 4 um, Jesus, I'll read it because it gives context. Verse 16 says, So Jesus came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. That was the portion. And when Jesus had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. But it doesn't stop there. There's not a period there. Notice, there's a list of things there. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for a reason, to anoint me. And then he says, and the anointing of heaven is for very specific purposes. Here they are, to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus says, I've been anointed as a sent one to heal the brokenhearted. I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. I've been anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives. I'm anointed to bring recovery of sight to the blind. I'm anointed to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I'm anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To me, this is inarguable. Jesus is, he was, he is, and he always will be the most missional human. I know, fully God, fully man, but the most missional human who has ever walked the face of the earth. He knew his mission and he knew the anointing the Father had set aside for him to pull it all off. He didn't just say, yeah, the, the Holy Spirit's on me and, and I'm anointed. No, no. He said, I'm very clear on what my anointing is for. Are you? Well, Preston, I don't know. How do I know, you know what, what the oil of heaven is for me to do? How do I know where it is? How do I find it? I'm going to tell you one of the ways I learned where the oil is, knowing where the oil isn't helps you discern where the oil actually is. You do lots of things on a daily basis that don't bring the oil of heaven. I'll, I'll give you one example, okay? Uh, and kind of tell on myself, because I think a lot of times we just think, well, you know, if, if Preston's been anointed to be a senior pastor, then everything Preston does as a senior pastor is anointed. Oh, sweet thing, that's not true. 
very sweet, but that's not true. I have learned the hard way many times that, that that's not true. Just because I'm doing the job I was anointed to do doesn't mean I'm anointed in every aspect of it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple years ago, I started to feel something whenever I would go in to, to talk in the staff meeting, in our staff meeting here at Pillar. And I noticed I would come out of my prayer closet and go straight in there. Um, and I would feel heaven open up over me in the prayer closet. And then I would go out there and it was like I felt heaven prepare for a hurricane and shut all the windows. I mean, that's the only way I could describe it. And I, I, it was very disorienting and I, I didn't understand why or what it meant. And then I started to figure it out because the Lord started to help me understand it. There was no oil for me to do that. Plain and simple. I'm anointed to communicate. But there was no anointing for me to communicate all those times in that there doing that thing. There was an oil. Now, here's... Here's what can happen when you're in a situation like that and you say, oh man, uh, that, that must have been terrible, Preston. When I, when I feel that way, my first thought is something is off with me. And maybe you were thinking that about me. Well, something must have been off with Preston. Okay, listen, insecurity as an orphan says things like that. Something's off with me. I just come out of the prayer closet I, like, multiple times. I was rolling. And then I would go out there. I'd go from an open heaven to what felt like a shut heaven. Insecurity says, something must be off with me. Settledness as a son says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Some, something is off with this. Something is off with this. Why does God let you experience doing things without oil? I think there are multiple reasons. One, so that you'll continue to appreciate the oil. He never wants you to take the oil of heaven for granted. And so sometimes he will let me go without the oil of heaven just so I prize it. Because trust me, you have it. It is sweet, powerful, wonderful when you don't. It is miserable. And so I think God lets us experience doing some things from time to time without the oil of heaven, just so we'll appreciate it. Next, I think he lets us, God lets us experience things without the oil of heaven so that we won't want to do anything without the oil. Not only did I learn I'm miserable without the oil trying to do something, I also learned I never want to do anything without the oil of heaven. So, it helped me adopt this life philosophy. I would rather do less and always be anointed than consistently do more and rarely be anointed. Whoop! <laughs> that wasn't in the notes. That was just coming from life right there. I, I would rather do less and be anointed for it all than try and do consistently more than everyone else and rarely be anointed to do any of it. 
Because I've learned doing stuff without the oil ain't worth it. So I don't want to do anything without it. And then there's one more thing. One more reason why I think God lets us experience doing some things from time to time without access to the oil of heaven. So that we'll have a family mentality, fam. This is what I learned as I was doing that. I was leading staff in that meeting, not feeling the oil of heaven, feeling the windows closed over me in that there doing that thing. Here's what I learned. I need to find the person with the oil to do this. (laughs) How did I get there? By trying to do it without the oil. And so you quickly go, okay, I don't want to do anything without the oil. So what does that mean? I need to find the person with the oil to do this. If there's something I'm doing that doesn't have the oil of heaven, one of the things you always need to to remember, there is someone else who is anointed to do it. Hear me. I'm not saying do it better than you. I'm saying if there's something I'm doing and I'm not being given the oil of heaven to do it, that's in part evidence to remind me there's someone else. God set aside the oil of heaven to divinely enable to do this very thing I'm doing without the oil of heaven. So here's my question to you. In this season of your life, what is it that you do when you do it? God gives you more oil to pull it off than he does for anything else you attempt in your life. What's the thing? Do you know? Have you studied this? Preston, what does that look like? I'll tell you this. We've got somebody in our church, uh, an incredible woman of God, uh, who works at a Fortune 100 company, very, very successful. And she greets at the door a couple times a month. She's an absolute savage at the door. When I see her, welcoming people. There is literally oil from heaven being poured over her life. This is a a high level, highly successful woman who is serving as a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. And you see it. There is oil all over her to pull it off. Another example. Uh, There are some people who serve in in our cafe uh, who are, are just, they love coffee and they want to serve and they want to learn. Then there's one particular younger guy uh, who's clearly divinely enabled to steward the bean of heaven. Can I just say it, call it what it is? He's incredible. It, he's not just gifted for whatever reason. He is divinely enabled, not just to make coffee, but to steward an atmosphere of community where coffee is on the table. I'm asking you, what is the thing that you find yourself doing where it seems God gives you more oil to pull it off than any other thing you do? And I get it. It can be different in different seasons. It can be different at different jobs. It can be different with different hats. Like an, on, as a dad, an oil to do this, but as an employee, an oil to do something totally different. It doesn't matter to me what it is. 
What matters to me is that you know what that thing is. Preston, it, it just seems like when I pray for people, I don't know how to describe it. You just end up crying and God ends up speaking. Here's what I'd say. Heaven's opening up over you. The oil of heaven's being poured all over you. So what do you do when you learn what that thing is? Doesn't take a rocket scientist to answer this question. You do more of it. In fact, you do as much of it as you possibly can. When God gives you the oil of heaven to do something, do it as often as you can on his behalf. That's why he gives you the oil. So today, take the oil of heaven out for a spin and bring him glory by doing things on the earth that no human could do without the oil of heaven. Here's the fifth thing, the last thing I want to talk about before uh, we wrap this up and I pray over you and I'm excited to pray. Fifth thing we got to understand is that there's oil for you to do this if. So we've talked about the there. We've talked about the you, the oil to do you. And we've talked about the oil for this, the thing. But I need you to understand, there's a big if. There is oil for you to do this, dot, 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 if you do it his way. Let me say it like this. You cannot walk in God's anointing while doing things your own way. When God anoints you to do a thing, there is always a very particular way he wants it walked out. Jesus is the one who teaches us this. Remember, I read you in Luke 4 that Jesus had the oil to preach. All right? Jesus, in John chapter 12, gives us a perspective about how he stewarded the oil to preach. Because listen, if you're someone who just thinks, well, God gave me the oil to do this, and I'm just going to do it my way. Eh, wrong. God will not anoint you to do his thing your way. He only anoints you to do his thing his way. Obedience. Let me show it to you. John chapter 12, verse 49. Jesus says, I don't speak on my own authority. Even as one given the oil to speak, the oil to preach. I don't speak on my own authority. The father who sent me and anointed him has commanded me what to say and how to say it. When Jesus was given the oil to preach, he clearly understood. He was not given the oil to say whatever he wanted to say. He was given the oil to say whatever the father told him to say the way the father told him to say it. I remember for me, the way I learned this um, was years ago. Um, I tried to preach a series that the Lord didn't ask me to preach. And I'll never forget it. I started the series on a Saturday night. And uh, the entire message 
there was not, I'm not exaggerating, a drop of oil on this message. And I know you probably don't preach for a living, but trust me, it's like anything else. Uh, doing anything without the oil of heaven to pull it off is miserable and very exposing. I felt very exposed. And so I, I Saturday night, I preached this message. I thought it would go over well. You know, it, it didn't land because it wasn't anointed. Well, that night, I'm wrestling with the Lord. And, and I said, what, what is the problem? I, and essentially what I was saying was, you've anointed me to preach. Why did I just have to experience preaching without any anointing? And I felt the Lord go, Preston, I didn't ask you to preach that series. There's another series I want you to preach. Preach that series. I'll give you access to plenty of oil. Preach your series. I restrict all of your access to my oil. I had the oil to preach, but no oil for my sermon. The oil was for his sermons. So you best believe I changed that bad boy that night. I completely changed the series, not just the sermon. And literally the next week, that Saturday night, I told the Saturday night service, I apologized, humbled myself and said, listen, I started a series God did not ask me to preach and there was no oil on it and I don't ever want to feel that feeling again. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And by God's grace, I'll never do that again. But what was the principle I learned? The one I'm passing on to you. There is no access to oil when you disobey. But one of the fastest ways to get the oil is to obey. Think about it like this, and I'm, I'm going to personalize it in the same way I want you to personalize it. Imagine the Lord coming to you, comes to me. Preston, there's something I want done on the earth that is so humanly impossible that it requires the divine enablement of heaven. And I say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me to do that humanly impossible thing which requires the divine enablement of heaven. And God says, Preston, I can't use you to do this. Well, why, Lord? Because I need this done a very particular way. My way. Preston, you've been having this tendency to try and do what I ask in your own way. And I'm sorry, but I can't trust you with this one. I never want to hear those words. But I will consistently hear those words as long as I choose to do his things my way. When I try to fulfill his request with my will, in my way, I'm not going to experience the unbridled anointing of heaven. Sometimes I think this is what some of us think, that the more gifted someone is, the more oil God gives them access to. But let me tell you something. God doesn't look at the size of someone's gift and give them oil based on it. God measures man's obedience 
and gives oil based on that. One of the fastest ways to get access to oil is to obey. So maybe you're in a place where you say, Preston, I haven't been under the oil. I felt it before, but I haven't been under the oil in months and months and months and months. One of the questions I would ask is, where's your level of obedience? Is it partial? Is it occasional? Maybe that's why you're rarely experiencing the unbridled anointing of heaven. And listen to me, I'm not coming at you. I'm not trying to step on your toes. I want you to always be able to stand under the unbridled anointing of heaven, to do whatever God desires be done on the earth through you in such a way that it brings him more glory. I want that for you. But you're never going to be able to do his things as long as you keep trying to do things your way. The most obedient, in my opinion, typically end up being the most anointed. Hear me. It's not the most gifted that usually end up being the most anointed. It's the most obedient who usually end up experiencing the most anointing. Well, I want to pray. And I've, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And I pray this is one of the messages in a bottle that the Lord brings the young me's and the old me's to for years and years to come. And not because I think this is like one of my best teachings in the history of my career. I, I don't measure stuff by that. It's measured off of what I've learned about the essential nature of the oil of heaven. And so my prayer is that, that you didn't just hear this. I really pray that you made it this far. I, I know some of you start episodes and then you forget and you don't go back and finish them. It's okay. No shots. For those of you who made it all the way to the end, I, I want you to know this is the part of the episode I've been most excited about. I want to pray over you in this season of your life that heaven would open up and God would grant you a measure of access to the oil of heaven in such a way that it literally is beyond anything you've ever experienced at this point in your life. No matter what he's asking you to do, your what isn't my concern. Your how is. In order to pull off your what and your why. God's why for you. You're going to have to have access to the unbridled anointing of heaven. So I want to pray over you as we wrap up. God, thank you. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, young and old. It's such a gift that the God of the universe would ever partner with us to do anything. But it's mind-blowing to think about the fact that you intentionally form us for very specific purposes. And just like Jeremiah, 
You anoint us to do it. You ordain what you create us for. You desire to anoint us for. But we have to understand how the oil of heaven works. Otherwise, we'll rarely get to experience it. And so, God, I pray you'd help my brothers and sisters get a revelation of your anointing and how essential it is if they're going to pull off what you created them to do, they have zero chance, literally a 0% chance of ever pulling it off without the divine enablement of heaven. Spirit of the living God, I pray over my brothers and sisters that you would do whatever you have to do in their hearts right now. You need to purify Spirit of the living God, I ask that you would purify and that they would allow you. If you need to chop some things out of their heart, Holy Spirit, I pray they would give you that access right now. Whatever must be done so that they might be given more access to your oil. God, I ask you to do it right now in their hearts and in their lives and in their minds. And in response, I pray that heaven would open up over each one of them. Several of my brothers and sisters are about to come out of the cave of hiding. Spirit of the living God, I pray right now that you literally would drown them in that cave with the oil of heaven before they come out to take their place to bring you more glory than ever before. God, I pray before they come out of hiding, that you would anoint them in the secret place. Teach them how to find the oil. Would you teach them how to steward the oil? Would you teach them how to live under the oil? God, you are so good to us. You create us little things with very big purposes in order to bring you big time glory. And it is amazing to us that you don't expect us to do it in our own strength. You desire to anoint with the oil of heaven. Holy Spirit, would you anoint every one of us more than ever before? To do everything you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was a fun one. I enjoyed that conversation and I hope the Lord spoke to you. I always love hearing in the comments what you feel like the Lord says to you. Love getting your DMs on social media about the things you feel the Lord reveals to you during the cuts. Uh, just, it means so much. All of the love that so many of you are showing it's it's honestly overwhelming very special but my favorite thing is hearing from you how you're hearing and what you're hearing from god every time we get together i love you so so much so proud of you get up under that oil go get it go be it
Go do it. Go steward it. Do it exactly the way he asked you to do. I love you so much. See you next week.